Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Jesus Christ. I want to welcome everybody to a live edition of Omega Man Radio. Now today, folks, I have a special guest that uh, is no stranger to Omega Man Radio, but you were not expecting this show today. In fact, I didn't know this was about to occur. You know, Brother Groover, I was coming out of the room today and the Holy Ghost told me to call Henry Groover. And for a moment I said, I don't even know if he's back. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. And I felt impressed and I'm glad I obeyed i picked up the phone to find out wonderful news that brother gruber has been back in the state maybe only 10 days and above and beyond that he was available today to do a show we haven't talked to brother gruber in months since his japan trip and it's an honor to bring back to you today apostle henry gruber brother gruber welcome back well thank you shannon it's good to be back again it's good to be back in america Yes, indeed, I know it is. I appreciate your song there. There is power in the blood. Boy, we sang that. I cut my teeth on that as a little bitty tyke in church. (laughs) I love that song. Praise the Lord. Brother Henry, we're excited about today, and I'm going to have you open up in prayer if you would. All righty. Well, Father in heaven, we do thank you. Thank you for the blood, the precious holy blood of Jesus for the shed blood of the Lamb of God, for without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And Lord, where would we be if we didn't have our sins remitted? Oh, Father, we love you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for Jesus. Now, Father, we just claim that precious blood over this broadcast and every ear that will hear every heart that will receive, every listener, Lord. I pray that your covering will be over them and your blessed presence will rest upon them, any of them, Lord, that don't know you as Savior and Lord. Oh, almighty God, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
that you will touch them and minister to them, and that you will have your way here today in what we're doing, Lord, that this will please you, that it will bring honor and glory to your holy name. Now, Father, we just commit this time to you. I just commit the Mega Man Radio to you, Lord, and my brother Davis and his staff and each listener out there. I pray, Lord, that you will guide us to speak exactly what needs to be spoken, that you will guide us, Lord, to speak into the hearts of individuals, and that your presence will go over the air, Lord, through the atmosphere, down into the homes, businesses, cars, wherever they're listening, ships, wherever they are on the face of the earth, and that you will speak into their heart what they need today. Those that are hurting, I pray, Lord Jesus, that those that are hurting will be ministered to through this season or this time of sharing over the radio. Lord, that their hearts will be spoken into that your heart will be pleased with what their response is and what our word is and what we're hearing from you and giving out. We commit this time to you with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts in that wonderful and precious name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, Brother Groover, today I called someone, my brother, in fact, I said, Damon, you've got to listen to Brother Groover. He's going to be on today. And I said, he is the Indiana Jones of the ministry, the 007, if you will. He gets into places. God opens up the doors for him to go to places that other people would never be able to get into. And he's on secret missions for the Lord many times. And he has the coolest stories of things he gets to do in the ministry and uh, the victories that are being won in Jesus' name by going through the land, prayer walking, breaking curses, remitting sins, and you bless my soul every time I get to hear you speak. So uh, <laughs> without any further delay, the microphone is yours. Take it away. Well, that's a blessing, Shannon. Uh, it's a blessing to just be able to speak to people out there. Uh, to know that no matter what goes on on the face of this earth, right now we, we've got tragedies facing on the face of the earth, we've got terrorists, we've got all kinds of turmoil, we've got a ferry upside down and submerged off from the, the southwestern coast of Korea with 300 students and adults uh, not sure of their, their, what's happening, if they're inside, if they're alive or dead. We, we just look at the news for a few minutes. I just sat for a few minutes, you know, and my heart and my spirit just, uh, I can only take so much news, you know, because all the news seems to be bad news. But I want to tell you something. It isn't all bad news. The greatest news of all across the face of the earth and the universe is that our Savior lives that there is truly peace beyond all understanding that surpasses all understanding available to flood every heart and every mind. I don't want to preach at you people, but I want to tell you something. Keep your eyes on Jesus right now. Men will fail you, leaders will fail you, nations will fail you. Jesus said it, nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, but the end is not yet. 
And I'm excited. I'm excited, people. Shannon, I'm excited because this is the year of 2014. Do you realize that number 14 is such a powerful number in the genealogy of Jesus Christ? In Matthew chapter 1, there are three sets of 14s, making 42 generations. So bringing forth, I love what the King James says, so bringing forth Jesus Christ. And my cry and my heart's desire for this year is to bring forth Jesus Christ. In the animal husbandry of breeding animals, anybody that has a degree in that, you know that it takes 14 generations to bring forth what is called a pure bloodline. And so Matthew chapter 1 clearly defines that genealogical account of three sets of 14 generations from Abraham all the way through to the birth of our precious Lord and Savior, who was at number 42. And I just praise God for that, because, again, there's three sets of 14s with my Savior, which, again, when that number three shows up, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have the Trinity. We have the signature of Almighty God right before our eyes. This year, I believe, we have the signature of Almighty God. And I want to say to the people across America, you that are distraught and and troubled in your spirit concerning the youth and what's happening. So many of our young people seem to be going going in, in the wrong directions. But I want to tell you something. There is such a thing as as people, young people getting filled up with immorality, filled up with their liberty, filled up with their wickedness and their sin and the liberality that uh, we have given to them in all the different ways. And even like Princeton, University now, there's a massive move of God's Spirit taking place over that campus that started among, I understand, the Amish students. And uh, how that the Spirit of God has begun moving on them, and it's growing and growing. And uh, they're saying, we've had enough freedom, we've had enough liberality and all this, now we want reality. And that, to me, is a confirmation of seven years that I walked from up in Owego, New York, way up in Owego, New York, coming down across New York, that little little piece of Pennsylvania that goes off into Lake Erie, and then down into Ohio, down through the Tuscarawas River Basin, into the Ohio Basin, into the Mississippi, up to the Bear Mounds in uh, Muscatine, Iowa, and then up the Missouri River all the way to Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota. Uh, Seven years walking the path of the Mound Indian. Why? Why? The Lord told me, and this is why this 14 is so significant to me, the Lord told me, Start walking that. I didn't know at the time, but he said it has a direct bearing to the youth of this nation. I didn't realize until I got into East St. Louis, that's the Illinois side of St. Louis, there's a Keokuk Mound Indian Museum there, a multi-million dollar museum, a very beautiful museum. 
And standing in that museum, when I arrived to that point, getting ready to go up the Mississippi to Muscatine, the last Mound Indian village there, and then go up the Missouri to Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota, I considered that my halfway point of seven years of walking, three and a half years walking through rain, hail, sleet, and snow, all different times of the year. I could write a book just on the seven years of writing, but I don't have time to write it all. But uh, anyhow, uh, thinking back on that, standing there looking at that four-foot square display behind glass of of letters, copies of original letters written by, by uh, French-Canadian trappers and uh, Catholic monks that came into that region of East St. Louis, they said, now listen to this if you don't think this, this bears out where we've been in these last few years with the youth of our nation. The young people of the Mound Indians have tattoos all over their bodies. They pierce their bodies, their ears, their nose, their eyelids, their tongues, their, their, their private parts. And they're very fond of the heavy rapping chatter, remember when rap came out, and the heavy jungle beat. And the French-Canadian trappers wrote in their letters, and if you don't shoot them on sight, they will eat you. In other words, they were cannibals. Now that was the spirit back in the 1600s in East St. Louis and that region of these river basins all the way to Bismarck, North Dakota. Now think about what prevailed in the 1600s. If you think times are bad now, we had cannibals in America. If you go to the Serpent Mounds up above above Cincinnati, Ohio, go to the Serpent Mound, you will find written there and portrayed a giant remains of a giant that they found, 16 feet tall, double rows of teeth. And... uh, you found the evidence laid in a row of many human sex sacrifices or ritualistic burials. And so we see things like that. And uh, then when we got all the way finishing seven years into Bismarck, Manda, North Dakota, standing up above Fort Abe Lincoln, Fort Abe Lincoln is where Custer rode out on his last stand. Custer was, was promoted from colonel to general in a field promotion on his way to Custer's last stand. And it says right there in, in Fort Abe Lincoln, along the Missouri River, down below Bismarck, North Dakota, it clearly states that this could have been the major flaw of causing him to become prideful and overly confident, which led to the massacre of all of his cavalry and well as his own death. But anyhow, we prayed over the armed forces of America there. Then we went up above it. You can look right above it on a high hill to Fort Lookout. Fort Lookout, we held hands in a circle. From up there, you can see 30 miles north, south, east, and west in all directions. An excellent place to watch. Where across those plains, you'd see the dust if horses are coming or any number of people. And uh, we stood up there in a circle. There were 21 of us. And I had them hold hands facing one another in a circle, and we began to pray, crying out to God for the youth of our nation, because this was my final point uh, of praying for our nation and the youth of our nation. 
So I had different ones of different ages interceding for the youth. And as we were doing this, then I said, now, when we finish asking God to cleanse our nation and purge it of this wickedness that is destroying our youth, because there in that Keokuk Mounds Museum, it stated that the youth and the, the Mound Indians had pronounced a curse on the youth of the, the, the foreign nations that were beginning to come as what we call settlers. They had pronounced a curse on the youth of America. I believe that curse has prevailed and has gone through its entire gamut because I have seen the very things in our youth that I saw with the, the Mound Indians. Tattooing, where the Bible in the Old Testament says you are not to mark your body. If you're a Christian out there today, whatever age, please do not tattoo your bodies. Do not get tattoos. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, it clearly states you are not to put any marks on your body. Cutting any kind of marks of any kinds. That is a pagan practice. Do not get into it. If you're already into it, repent of it and ask the Lord to forgive you. He will. You didn't know this. So many do not realize that this is grievous to the heart of God because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are to be pure. You are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And then the next thing that it said and what our youth has been doing, the heavy wrapping chatter came, the piercing of their bodies, all of this body piercing, and then the heavy jungle beat. And I don't have to define any more on that. If you're a visual person at all out here in this nation or can hear anything, you'll know we've, we've done all of that. You can't pull up to a traffic light, but what you realize that the heavy jungle beat just pulled up beside you and it shakes your vehicle. It seemed to be fond of it, or they wouldn't be doing it. But anyhow, that is a curse on our nation's youth. And so we've been coming against that and rebuking that. And the beauty of the 14 to me is this. And I say that because we are in the year 2014. And we are in the, the fourth month. And four is number, the number of testing in the Bible. So we are in a real test a real test because we're in the time and the season of our lives that I have been watching the jet streams. I have been watching the things that are going on. I have been watching the signs of the times. I, I received in the mail that our president had seven of our aircraft carriers all in one port over in the eastern ports there of our Navy shipyard, seven, our seven aircraft carriers, nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, all in one port. First strike, cruise missile, they're all done with a cruise missile. People, this is, this is the vulnerability that we're in. We're moving all of our major defense forces to our coastal areas. If you don't believe me, check with the people in Washington State, Fort Lewis, 
has is growing ten times bigger. Our president has moved our major defense to the coastal areas. What is the significance of that? If you have ever listened to my Russian invasion or I saw subs attack America presentation of the vision I had December the 14th, 1986 from Carnarvon, Northern Wales, you'll know why all of my alarms have gone off. We are moving our our major defense forces to the coastal areas, which means first strike ability to knock out our defense. That puts us so vulnerable. I have a list of some 200 top military leaders of our nation, from generals to colonels to captains, that have either resigned or have been dismissed for service. A high percentage of them have been dismissed for service, fired by our president. Pray for our president. Pray for our leaders. We are in a great time of of delusion and peril. Our president is not pro-Israel. Pray for our president that he will become pro-Israel, because if we come against Israel, we're asking for a curse. And so up on that Fort Lookout, Fort Lookout means, God says, he, he lets us see in a distance. He lets us see what's happening. He lets us see the signs of the times. Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour when I will return. But of the times and of the seasons, you will know that that day does not take you unaware. Oh, people, we are in a time and a season when it is time to look up for our redemption draws nigh. So as I said at Fort Lincoln, Fort uh, Lookout up above Fort Lincoln, there were 21 of us. The youngest man of our team was just 17 years old. As we dropped hands and did an about face, still in a perfect circle, then we began pointing and declaring in all points, north, south, east, and west, we began declaring over America that the curse is broken off of the youth of this nation and that God is going to visit this nation with a mighty visitation of his spirit and that it's going to take place in the youth. I believe that with all my heart. As we were praying and declaring all the way around, there was a Native American with us, a chief with us from up in the the Crow Indian area. He was representing the Native Americans. And then we had several different, we had a Hispanic pastor with us representing the South Americans and then several uh, pastors from North America and then students and different ones. But uh, as we were declaring north, south, east, and west, all of a sudden the 17-year-old of our team let out a blood-curdling scream saying just one word, look, look. (laughs) And we all turned back at him, and he was pointing right above our heads. And directly above our heads was flying five golden American eagles right over us, so close you could, they were looking at us and circling our circle. And he was telling how he was watching how, as he was declaring, he saw them coming down the Hart River, and they came down into the Missouri, above the Missouri River, came up over Fort Lookout and circled us, and that's when he screamed, look. And as we're watching, looking up at these eagles, the 72-year-old man, the eldest man of our team, said, why, look, there are more eagles. Those are eagles coming down the Missouri from Bismarck area, 
past Mandan, and they came past the Heart River where it joined into the Missouri, and they came up and joined right over our heads the five eagles. Nine eagles joined five eagles. There were 14 American eagles circling us. It was one of the most irritating, and not one of us had a camera. And uh, we began to shout and praise God because I had just come back also from walking in Europe. Queen Elizabeth was celebrating her 42nd year as a ruling monarch. Uh, She was the 42nd monarch celebrating her 42nd year since uh, of ruling, 42nd monarch since William of Orange. Uh, I began thinking on all the 14s and all the 42s and how God uses these 14s and how when President Clinton was supposed to have been the 42nd president, uh, technically he was not because Grover Cleveland reigned two times as president, but not consecutively, so he was counted twice. Technically, George W. Bush was our 42nd president. Now think about that. We had President Bush. I saw a big billboard sign in Minnesota, full-size billboard sign with George W. Bush's picture on it, and in bold print it said, Do you miss him yet? (laughs) I had to (laughs) chuckle and think, Yes, George, I do miss you. But uh, anyhow, I realized we had 14 golden eagles. The Native American chief said, This is a sign from heaven. In all my life, this was, a, this was a, a, a chief that had had stories passed down from his forefathers. He said, in all my life, I have never heard a story or have never heard of one incident where there were 14 American eagles circling in one place, circling at one time, and they were perfectly circling over our heads. Well, people, we are facing a time when God is making some awesome promises and covenants and I don't know to what extreme he's going to have to go to fully get our attention as a nation but I do believe that God is beginning to stir in this nation in a new way I believe he's beginning to wake up some people and God's people are beginning to cry out and pray which is so very necessary and so important And I pray that you that are listening will cry out and pray. The people in Korea, I've been in Korea since I talked to you, Shannon, and uh, I held a conference there in a church uh, in a a resort area where we had almost 3,000 people. Uh, Seventy-five churches of South Korea uh, are all part of this organization, and they, those 75 churches of South Korea, support missionaries in 35 foreign countries. Wow. And Pastor Kim wanted me to come back in March, in the first days of March, or the last days of February, I'm sorry, and hold this conference and teach them prayer walking and remitting sins and redeeming the land. And they brought in the missionaries from these 35 different countries, and they brought their pastors in, and we had five days of seminar. And, you know, those people, hundreds of them, were there in that big gathering conference hall at 5 o'clock in the morning, praying right up till just a few minutes until the 10 o'clock morning service would begin. 
crying out to God, crying out to God for a move of his spirit across the earth, crying out to God for America. The people of South Korea are crying out to God for America. The churches of China are crying out to God for America. This is happening right before our eyes. I was just with a a Chinese, uh, a missionary from South Korea who just come home uh, for a little while. Ten years he's been in China, all over China as a missionary. And you'll remember God put me in China there, right, for five days uh, in the Great Hall of the People with the leaders of China and with thousands, hundreds of people, not thousands, but hundreds of people uh, of, of uh, ambassadors from 99 countries and and leaders of China and all. And uh, I walked and prayed the all of the corporate, all of the, the governmental uh, offices in the great hall of the people upstairs. I walked for an hour and a half praying those offices in and out of everyone. Many guards at doors stood at attention as I walked by. I don't know who they saw walk in. I was wearing a badge, said Ambassador of the United States of America. But... Uh, I don't think they'd have let me in some of those offices, but I went in and out of every one of those executive offices praying for an hour and a half, crying out to God to bring the bamboo curtain down. So you see now, here we are, 2014. I'll give you a little update on China. China, the executive leadership of China, has now granted permission for up to 100 Christians to gather and have churches and build churches without persecution they cannot have over a hundred but hey how many do we need in a church to get a hold of god together so this is a breakthrough in china south korea we're seeing the spirit of god moving in a in an awesome way and in a beautiful way uh just a little quick note uh, in that conference uh the first night that i spoke uh on monday night I walked out on that stage as they introduced me, and Jesus was there. Jesus was there in that meeting. And all I could say with my interpreter at my side, as the tears just began to flow down my face, is, He's here. He's here. I loosed the shoes off my feet and went down on my face. And the Spirit of God began moving across those thousands of people and went in waves back and forth. And the young people were, were playing the, the praise music up on the stage behind me. And as the Spirit of God just went back and forth in waves, I just felt like the drummer was drumming way too loud, the bass guitar was playing way too loud, and I felt like heaven had come down. And so I got up from off of my face, weeping. I went over to the drummer. I took hold of his wrists, shaking my head no. And then I took the drumsticks out of his hand and laid them down and took his wrists and raised his hands up above his head and said, worship. I did that with the bass guitarists and the other instrumentalists there with stringed instruments. And then I went to two of the keyboardists and did the same thing, took hold of their wrists and lifted their hands, and the tears began to flow down their faces 
and I only left one keyboardist playing, and she was playing harmony, beautiful harmony. The bass, the, the beat players, I stopped. Why did I do that? Because when the presence of the Lord comes down like that, time should not be of the essence. And beating of the drum, the drums are for time, timing. In heaven, when I was in heaven, there were no drum beats. I want you to know that, young people, if you're listening to me, there was not one sound of the beat of a drum, but the most harmonious and beautiful singing of creation as well as mankind. And so when we're with the Lord and in his presence, let's forget about time. I'm not coming against it in the service when you begin. I say you can begin with beats of drums and bass guitars and all that, but as you, that's the outer court, and as you come into the inner court of God's presence into the holy place, time should not be of any essence. So then go into harmonious worship and praise and singing. And then as you come into the Holy of Holies, there's only one thing to do. That's to fall down on your face and worship. Well, as we did that that night, that first night, there were so many healings. There were so many that rededicated their lives. There were those that said they felt like they didn't even know the Lord and gave their hearts to the Lord. And testimonies went on till way after one in the morning. It was so beautiful of the presence of what God did in that heavenly visitation in 45 minutes to an hour, flowing back and forth like waves to those people. So that was Korea. That was the conference in Korea in February, the end of February. Uh, since I've talked to you last, oh, my goodness, I, I think it was, uh, I don't know if I talked to you last fall, Shannon, or before I went last fall to Japan. Brother Groover, uh, we had you on a few months ago. Uh, you had come back from the Korea trip, and you were just getting ready to go back to Japan. Ah, that was okay. That was that conference I was just talking about, the the first conference, and then February this year was the second. They brought me back again for the second to bring in their missionaries and their pastors all. This was strictly a closed meeting, in a sense, for Christian workers of missionaries, pastors, and the church workers of their 75 churches and 35 foreign countries. Yeah, so that's, oh my goodness, so much has happened since then, Shannon. My, my, my. Uh, I went into a city up on Honshu Island last October that I hadn't been there for 12 years. It's called the city, the name of the city on Honshu Island, Japan, is Odate. And uh, we went up to pray on this mountain that had uh, numerous altars. We had to climb that, that. We began at daybreak and climbed that mountain. And each of those 33 altars going up the mountain, prayed over the mountain, come back down uh, before the end of the day, before it began to get dark. And uh, going back to the church uh, where we would have a dinner prepared for us, uh, we... Uh, we were just probably less than a mile from the church. I could see the steeple of the church up ahead, way on the right, when the person, a lady behind me in the van, sitting behind me, began talking in Japanese, asking the pastor 
uh, who was driving to make a right at the next light and then go two blocks down, make a left and then one block and then go left again two blocks and then a right back on the road because there was a powerful witch on the left and fortune teller. And she was afraid of him, of her. She's very powerful and caused people to die and all kinds of problems, she said. And when she said that, I just said, hallelujah. And uh, I saw uh, they have 7-Eleven convenience stores in Japan, and there was one on the left just up ahead of us before that light. And I said to the, my interpreter, tell the, tell the pastor, make a left and stop at the 7-Eleven store. And my interpreter said, well, why? We're going to be at the church in just a minute. Are you thirsty or you need to use a restroom? And I said, no, 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 please, please, just tell him quickly. I don't want to go buy it. So we pulled into the 7-Eleven, and they got on the cell phone and had the van load. There were two van loads of us, 14 of us. There's 14 again. And they pulled in, and uh, the two van loads of us, we got together, and I said, listen, she's telling about this powerful witch up here on the left. And uh, so I want to ask all of you, all 13 of you, how many of you will join me to go down there and pray over this witch's fortune-telling place in her home? Well, the only person agreed was my interpreter and the pastor. The others couldn't seem to find their agreement. And I said, it's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I want you that don't want to go. I don't want you to go if you're afraid. But I do want you to go back into the van and sit down and pray. You back us up in prayer because the three of us are going to go and we're going to take that place back. There's no reason for this sister to be in fear of, of this witch. And so they went and got in their vans and were praying and, uh, we headed down there, crossed the street, and headed about two, three, three dwellings down past that corner on the left. And there was the fortune teller's house, a little hut-like house, and her signs up and all. And so I went and knocked on the door. No one was in there. So I checked the door. It was unlocked, so I went in. And a uh, pastor and interpreter with I and me, and we went in, and we began praying. We began praying over her her burning of incense and all of her different type things that she uses there, crystal ball and her tarot cards and all the tea leaf things and all the things she uses for telling, for calling up spirits. And we begin to bind every one of those and those familiar spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, declared liberty and no more fortune telling out of this, this building. We came out of there, went around to the side, and she had idols set up in a fountain and very nice little garden with it. They do that over there. And we began walking through the garden and putting my foot on the idols or binding them in the name of Jesus and commanding those stones that they were made out of and carved out of it to be silent no longer in the name of Jesus. Be silent no longer. I command you in Jesus' name. But cry out if the people still insist on worshiping you and bowing to you and burning incense and leaving offerings. I command you to be silent no longer. And so we were doing that. And then I said, we need to make a circle around the fortune teller's house. I want to completely encircle the house. So we did. We went around the backside. The dogs were barking. And uh, 
came around the front and were just about ready to close off the circle. I like to make a circle, and then before I close that off, take authority over those ruling spirits and familiar spirits and command them to loose their hold off of their captives, off of those grounds and the heavens above. And uh, that's our warfare. That's why we put armor on, isn't it? That we come against powers and principalities, the ruler of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. You see what I mean? Principalities and powers are named there in Ephesians chapter 6. If I'm going to put my armor on, I'm going to take that authority with what God has given me. I believe I have it with all my heart. There are those that say you shouldn't do that and you don't have it. The only time I don't bind principalities over a city is if the church is not ready to rescue the victims that are in bondage to them. Then I, I am under restraint by the Holy Spirit not to do so because the church of that area is not ready to rescue the captives that have been bound. That's the only exclusion or only area that I will not overcome against principalities. Otherwise, I do. And so I was just going to close up that circle and do that when out comes the witch out of her house saying, what are you doing? What you do in my hut? What you do in my garden? What you do around my house? And here she came. And she was coming from behind me on the right out of her house. And I turned to, to answer her to say, we are praying. When all of a sudden, as I faced her, her eyes got big as quarters and uh, she, she came running over in front of me, and she said, you're the one the great spirit told me is going to come to take my place. I can retire. You're shining. You're glowing. You're going to take my place. I'm going to retire. You can have my house. You can have my fortune telling. You can have my garden. You can have everything. Husband and I have plenty of money in the bank. We will retire now and enjoy the rest of our life. We have worked many years, and we are tired. <laughs> and about that time, her husband come out of the house asking what was going on. And she turns to him and says, remember, I told you the one that would come to take our place would be one that would be shining. Look at this man. He's shining. He has come to take our place. He said he has come to pray. <laughs> and I'm praying while this is going on and saying, Lord, help me. I don't want to inherit any kind of a fortune-telling hut. I don't want anything like that. Lord, help me. What am I to answer her? And I'm so glad what Jesus said to me. He always speaks it right. He said to me, tell her, yes, I'm shining, but you should see the one that sent me. He's the one that's really come to take your place. He shines brighter than the noonday sun. And as I said that, the tears just begin to flow down her face. And she said, take me to this one. Where is he? Take me to this one. I have never heard of a God like this. If he shines more than you, and if he is more powerful than you, I want to know him. And I said, his name is Jesus. And he will answer you don't have to go to him. Just talk to him. And I began teaching her how to call upon the name of Jesus. 
And then we were able to lead her and her husband into a renunciation of the life that they had lived in calling up familiar spirits. She didn't, she didn't realize that she was in sin. She didn't, you don't use the word sin in the Orient. She didn't realize she was in wrongdoing. Uh, but we began to be able to talk to her and to encourage her and lead her to the understanding of the Son of God and the price that he paid. And she wept and cried and went on her knees and gave her and her husband, gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And said, where can I, can I go with you? Can I, where do I learn more about this? And it was just such a beautiful time. And I said, this man right here is the man that you can learn more from. You see the building down there with the X up on top? I made the signal of a cross. She said, oh, yes, I see that. We go by that. We go by that many times. We see people smiling and laughing, but they never come to talk to us. We never go to them. We don't know what they, they're smiling, what they're happy about. <laughs> I looked at the pastor when she said that, and he kind of looked down like, uh, sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> you pastors out there, if you're listening, think about this. Here they were. These were white-headed people. They were, they were fortune-telling and had that power when the lady who was afraid to do, just take the van and ride by her place said from a little girl, she walked down that block around, wouldn't even go by that house. Her parents said, don't go near it. She's a very powerful witch. You see, we don't realize the power we have in the name of Jesus. We've got to begin turning that power loose across the earth and see what the Lord will do as we are faithful to do that. Hallelujah. Well, they came with us down to the church to the dinner, you should have seen the faces of them when we walked back to the vans. <laughs> By then, their windows were fogged up, and one of them had rubbed the window and saw us coming, and I'll never forget the look on that one's face. And she heard, turned her head, and I know she was telling the one that was afraid to drive by there. And all of a sudden, all these hands are wiping the windows, and they're looking out, seeing us coming down there toward the vans with the high witch and, and her husband. <laughs> we had a reunion that night. Oh, pastor introduced her and her husband and welcomed her to the Christian fellowship and said they are now members of our Christian family. Oh, I tell you, Shannon, I love things like that. I love to see the Lord do things like that. That is That, that puts a fire in my bones <laughs> to keep going and keep going. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise now the Lord. I'm in my 53rd year of walking and praying and ministry around the world. And uh, we've finished 49 trips to Japan now and 49 of the islands. I just, uh, in February this year, added two more islands uh, of the Okinawa prefecture, making it 49 islands. Karuma Island and... Tarama Island, and uh, walked and prayed in those and took teams into them, off from Miyako Island. Uh, one is a very, Karuma Island is a very small island, but Tarama Island is about four times bigger than Karuma. And uh, so we spent some days on those two islands, walking, praying, praying over many altars, high places, back in jungles, 
and uh, up on hills and one place there there's a mountain on the the one island and a high lookout and we climbed up to that lookout and claimed uh, the island for Jesus and uh, we've been wanting to get to Turama Island for several years so we finally got there February this year so that'll give you a little bit of uh, of an update uh, of what I've been doing in this uh, since I've talked to you all last have any questions, Santa? Has, has yes. a question popped into your mind of any kind? Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, if you're just tuning in, we have Henry Groover live with us back from his trip overseas to Japan. And, uh, Brother Groover, I have a number of questions. Um, while we're on Japan, I wanted to ask you, can you give us an update on uh, Fukushima? Have they contained the radiation? Did you have... Um, did you hear of any issues when you were there in Japan? What's going on with uh, the, the fallout from that? You know, it's very sad. Uh, I, I'm afraid I'm afraid that TPP, that's Tokyo Public Power, has pretty well bought off many of the top leaders of Japan not to bring the hammer down upon them to completely shut down that Daiichi power plant that had its failure. Uh, they, they keep saying that the radiation is not that bad and that there's no great danger or anything like that anymore. They've got it under control. And yet we hear about them dumping thousands of gallons of contaminated water and it's going into the ocean, into the Pacific and the currents are carrying it all the way across, uh, the restaurants down below on the bottom of Honshu Island and Shikoku Island over on the side and uh, down in uh, 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 Kyushu Island. Uh, those restaurants, I've been to all of those places in the fall last year and then again in January this year. I, I mean, in uh, March, I did do some visiting uh, when I came back from the conference in Korea. Uh, the restaurants down lower... Uh, 150 miles, 200 miles away from there, all advertise, if you don't think there's a threat, then why do these restaurants in Okin all over Okinawa and, and the lower islands, why do they all put statements up on the front of their, their restaurants, no food or fish or vegetables of any kind, no meats, fish, vegetables of any kind or fruits are served here from the Fukushima prefecture. Oh boy! Prefecture is a state like the United States. Like uh, I'm in Iowa right now, so it be this would be a prefecture of Iowa if you were in Japan, but it's a state of Iowa. So the people are not not being deceived, uh, but they seem to try and be trying to, and they're even trying to start up again the nuclear power plants around. Japan. I think they have like eight nuclear power plants, and they, because of this, they shut. They were shutting them down, and uh, now they're talking about starting them up again. And I've seen uh, massive demonstrations in Osaka, thousands and thousands of people filling the streets with placards: "No nuclear power." They don't want another nuclear power plant started up again. Uh, the people are saying we've made it without the nuclear plants, 
yes, we've been willing to conserve electricity and all, and we're putting up wind generators and alternate clean fuel. Uh, and so uh, that's the, what's going across the, the country of Japan as a result of this. But unfortunately, uh, the major players in the government of the diet do not seem to be alarmed enough to really bring the hammer down on Tokyo Public Power about that Daiichi plant. And that plant is still going. It's still running part way, and they're still talking about uh, uh, removing the rods. Uh, but so far, they haven't been able to do that up to the point when I was there, so I don't know. They okay. say it's a very delicate and very risky procedure. So that's all I know about that right now. It, uh, You know, years ago, when I lived in Oregon, there were many that demonstrated against the Trojan nuclear power plant on the Columbia River down by St. Helens, Oregon. And they demonstrated for years, and people were arrested and put in jail and everything. Well, finally, and, and they put a park and a fishing pond right down at the base below the, the steam coming out of the cooling towers and everything, saying it's totally clean energy. However, the scientists and people that were opposed to it did not quit. And they were able to gather sufficient evidence from the milk from the dairy farmers around the Trojan power plant. They monitored the incidence of child leukemia that began to go off the charts. And they proved, they went to court and proved, first the court in Oregon, they proved that the incidence of leukemia in children was occurring off the charts in the area where that steam went down into the, the grass fields where the dairy cattle were grazing and how the milk from that area was causing leukemia in children and how there was not that incidence of leukemia in a farther out radius where that steam would not have settled on the grass. And so I'll never forget that. I, we lived in Oregon at that time. And uh, so what I am saying, and I, I have had meals and I've had meetings now with senators and with governors and mayors. Uh, this last trip I was with, with four different leaders, uh, two senators and uh, a governor and a mayor uh, in Okinawa and one up in Osaka. And I, I ask them the same question, and I, I quote the same thing to them, uh, asking them if, if the incidence of leukemia begins to really surface powerfully in the radius of what we call in America a safe zone uh, outside a 110-mile radius. Uh, our nuclear regulatory people are saying there should be an, a radius of 110 miles. Well, my goodness, uh, Sendai itself is still fully a highly occupied city, what's left of it. You know, the modern part of Sendai did not collapse to the ground. Uh, Fukushima City in the prefecture is less than 50 miles away from it, and there are hundreds of thousands of people in Fukushima City and Iwaki City and all the way around. Uh, 
so I guess it's just a matter of time that uh, we're going to see the fruit of it. We've been praying hard that it wouldn't happen. More children die and the incidence of leukemia. But that's that's what's on the news there and what's going on there. Let me um, uh, ask you this question, then I'll move on to some other questions. And that is, some have even said, Brother Groover, that maybe some of the radiation has traveled in the ocean and hit American shores, and some have said uh, they'll never eat tuna again, etc. Let's just assume that maybe there is some contamination, even in our food supply. Um, can we use the Word of God where it says, um, you know, Mark 16, 17, you know, in my name they shall cast out devils, uh, they shall speak in new tongues. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. Can we claim that Amen. word? and sanctify our food? Because how do we know unless we had a Geiger counter? What would be your recommendation? Amen. Amen. Uh, I totally agree with you on that, Shannon. Uh, when the, when the uh, uh, power plant blew up there in uh, Chernobyl, uh, did you know that this is documented, that they actually took Christians, this is when they were still imprisoning them, they emptied a lot of their prisons out of their Christians and took a lot of Christians and put them in little tents all around that area wow. with no protective gear whatsoever. And the people, the Christians there, lived off the fruit on the trees, the, the food out of the stores that was totally abandoned, and they expected them to all be dead because the radiation was so high. Yes. When they went back in... They found the people healthy and strong, and they released the people and moved them. They didn't want this out, so they put them, they took these people, they put their clear down by the Black Sea. And I know personally two ladies that went to Chernobyl from Japan after this Sendai earthquake and the Daiichi power plant. I know these two sisters, they're both in the ministry. They went down by the Black Sea and visited these people. These people have suffered no ill effects whatsoever. That's why the Russian government keeps them secluded way down there. They're afraid of them <laughs> and of the truth getting out. This couple, these two ladies, went over to Chernobyl and went in and walked all around and saw Everything dead. I mean, the, 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 the fruit, they said, was falling off the trees. No one would eat it. The tour guide said, don't eat it. Don't have anything to do with it. And they took them through in, uh, on a tour. Well, then when these two ladies, two sisters, came back to Japan, they were so full of faith and so bold in the Lord that they went down to get into the Daiichi power plant. Well, they went to the main gate in their van, drove their van to the main gate, and the security people said, what are you doing here? They were all wearing protective gear, and they said, we want to go into the plant and take communion and pray over it in the name of our God. No, you go away. Get out of here. Turn around. I have to insist you go. And so they turned around. As they were pulling away from there, they noticed a big dump truck turned and they felt led to follow it. And they followed this dump truck, and it was, they were taking care of debris up around the very backside of the Daiichi power plant. 
they were filling this truck with it. Everybody operating the equipment and everything was in total protective gear, the dump truck driver. These two girls get out, walk down to the backside of the Daiichi power plant where they can touch the wall of it, take wine and bread and take communion and pour out some of the wine, touching it on the wall and the grounds there and prayed and got in the van. And the people were going crazy seeing these two girls there. They left and came back home. One of them lives in Koryama, and the other sister lives in Hiroshima, Hiroshima. And they personally gave me their testimony. I've known them for several years. And uh, they are suffering no ill effects. So they are saying, listen, just like you said, Henry, when you were there in August with a team and you were down there less than 10 miles away from the Daiichi power plant. You people were preparing barbecues. You had barbecue grills all along there, along that port city, because people come back to mourn the loss of their loved ones. There was total devastation in that city area. Everything washed into the sea, but the family members come back to mourn the loss of their loved ones. And so the Christians with Akira Mori and Global Missions uh, in out of Iwaki City, Japan, uh, we were fixing barbecue for the people. They had entertainment for the children and gospel singing. One of the number one gospel singers of all of Japan donated his time and everything and his whole group to come and sing and worship and and they had care for children and clothing. They had food and drinks, everything free, uh, diapers, everything for the babies and everything. Uh, when they walked up to me and said that we've got to shut everything down and get out of here, the wind has changed, the radiation is coming, and it's, it's life-threatening right now. All of our Geiger counters are all way too high. And uh, we've got to get out of here. And I said, gather the workers. Get them all together here. So we come, they come running, and uh, we were all there, all in a bunch, 21 of us, and I walked around them, having them hold their, their Geiger counters up where everybody could watch them, rebuking that radiation in the name of Jesus, commanding it to go back into those reactors in Jesus' name, and you will not hurt or touch anyone or harm anyone or bring any danger whatsoever. Every one of us saw and rejoiced as those meters went all the way down to reading zero radiation. Praise God. And so this provoked these girls to believe God to go to that Daiichi power plant and rebuke it. So I don't know how to answer you fully, uh, Shannon, on this. When we do that, does that destroy the power, the destructive power for the non-believer as well? or only the Christians. I know in Isaiah, he says, who shall dwell in the midst of everlasting burnings? Who shall dwell, you know? Uh, it, it begins, it's questioning that in Isaiah, and it says, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, you know, his place of munitions shall be given him, and his waters shall be sure, and he shall see the king in all of his glory, and behold the land that is afar off, that's one quotation from Isaiah. And uh, another area is uh, where the Lord says, you shall be visited, <clears throat> you shall be visited with uh, 
with fire and storm and tempest. Uh, and I don't have those right before me right now, but uh, I've got them marked here. All I have to do is get a hold of them. But, we, you know, I, I, I think what we're saying here in all of this, Shannon, is that we've got to begin to claim our authority against these things in the name of the Lord. Amen? Uh, What I just quoted to you is out of Isaiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 17. You, You shall dwell on high, your place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks, bread shall be given him, and his waters shall be sure. Thine eyes shall see the king in all of his beauty, and they shall behold the land that is very far off. Hallelujah. Uh, Amen. There's just beautiful promises in the Word of God here about these kind of things. And I I think it's time that the body of Christ begins to, to come away from all of the fear of, of these dangers and to to take our rightful position in the Lord it uh, it's just uh, absolutely brother Henry because God's not done with us yet we've got a job to do and if people are gripped by fear and they don't know Amen. their authority then pretty much the enemy has got them immobilized um, that leads me into my next question folks we're alive right now with Henry Groover, his website is joyfulsoundministries.com. We've got about uh, 55 more minutes. How are you doing for time, Brother Groover? I'm doing fine. Okay. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to move on then and hit some... <laughs> Before you ask that question, let me give yes. you this scripture here that I was yes. just kind of quoting. Yes, sir. It's in uh, Isaiah 42, it starts, verse 23. Here's that 42 again, (laughs) 42nd generation. Uh, Verse 22, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivereth for a spoil, and none saith, restore. I say it's time to cry, restore. Verse 23, who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear to the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient. But now, on down in chapter 43, verse 1. But now, I love this, if you read on verse 25 there, you'll see more of why God's uh, strength and all. He says he's poured out his upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, and it hath set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burned him, yet he laid it not to heart. It burned him, but he didn't even lay it to heart. Does that sound like radiation? Yes, sir. That's chapter 42, verse 25. Now, chapter 43, but now, now, when is now? Right now. Does now ever change? does now ever fail. No, you will take now with you throughout eternity. Now never, never stops. Now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, 
For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable, and I have loved you. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. So fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. And it goes on to say, bring me the blind and the, that have no eyes and no that cannot hear. Bring me the people, you know, bring me all your people that have needs, and I'll minister to them. I just wanted to be sure we covered that in closing on this, unless you've got another question regarding it. Oh, praise the Lord. Um, let me ask you this question. Okay, let's say hypothetically uh, God were to tell you tonight to go to a location in the jungle, maybe like where the Aztecs or the Mayans built those temples and they would sacrifice uh, people every day to their demons. And yes. God wants you to cleanse the land there um, yes how do you go about doing it how would you uh execute that mission uh and cleanse the land or an area where there's been human sacrifice witchcraft done abortions murders um what would what would you do break it down for me okay we, we just did that before i came back home uh i stopped for for five days, actually four days of walking uh, in Hawaii on the big island, Kona, up above Kona. Uh, they are resurrecting these temples that the Haitians came up and, and introduced in the 1400s. Uh, they are resurrecting these temples of human sacrifice again. Wow. And actually where... The, the the great explorer, uh, Captain Cook, you know, who's got his name on discoveries all over, all over the world. Right. The, the Pacific and the Atlantic, Captain Cook, that's where he died, up above Kona, on, uh, on that big island of Japan. Well, he was killed. He was killed by these people that did human sacrifice. And uh, I prayed the, the actual village and the actual altar they have raised up where they say they believe his body was hung. Uh, it was hung like a side of meat. They would kill their victim, hang them in there, and do rituals around that hut, and then they would eat their bodies. And guess what they called the human flesh? They called it manna. You talk about blasphemy of the old devil, you know, to call human flesh manna. That's how degraded they were. Well, so when I went into that, I have to say, when I went into that area, reading the, the, the signs they put up of the history of it and all, such indignation came up within me. I call it righteous indignation. 
it came up within me, and I was so indignant about them raising up this temple. And I just said, well, Lord, the only good thing I can see in them taking such pains to raise up this temple, resurrect the buildings, tell you who lived there, where the king lived, where the ruler lived, where the warriors lived, is so I would know exactly, without having to have great discernment, I would know exactly where to go and to pray and take dominion. And so as I walked into the area of human sacrifice, where they brought uh, brought his body and hung it, hung it in that hut, I declared in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the shed blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord. Now, why do you want to use all of those? Why not just the name of Jesus. Well, Jesus said, in my name, you will cast out devils, right? You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But years ago, the Lord taught me, when you come into an area of atrocity, where a person, let's say, has been raped and killed, you have all manner of mental, where they've been tormented or tortured, you have all manner of mental stress, physical abuse, spiritual abuse, where their spirit is literally broken as well, where their conscious, their subconscious, and their subliminal being is being violated. Every faculty of their being is being violated. So the Lord taught me, when you come to a place like this where Captain Cook died, and where many, many died, many were human sacrificed there. The abuse, the violence and all is unbelievable. And so I declare over that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of that name, I stand here, Henry Groover, and by the blood of Jesus, I declare the blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of the sins that have been committed. As far back, this is very important, what subjected those peaceable Hawaiian people that they all say they were such a peaceful, non-warped-like people, what subjected them to being vulnerable or the vulnerability for a Haitian tribe of human sacrifice to come in and to dominate them and take over their island and to literally introduce such an abominable thing as human sacrifice and horrible molestations of their victim. What opened them up to it? There had to be something where they did not know their authority. They did not know the, the fullness of the truth. We see these things happen all the time. Now, if I'm going to go into a jungle area like you say where the Aztecs are or somewhere where I know there are deadly serpents and all that, I'm going to cover myself, first of all, with the armor of God before I go in there. My helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, my loins girt about with truth, my feet shod with the good news of peace, and take the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith, the shield that I may be able to ward off or deflect the fiery darts of the wicked one. So I'm going in full alert. I'm going in 
not in foolishness and ignorance. I'm going in realizing that the area I'm going into is a very serious area. And the area that I'm traveling now, where my feet are now treading, I am taking dominion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of his shed blood for the remission of sins, through the body of Jesus, for Hebrews says, but a body you have prepared me. You had to have a body as the sacrifice, an animal, as well as Jesus, the Lamb of God. The mind of Jesus, where in the garden Jesus sweat great drops of blood, striving against sin, striving against drinking of that cup of bitter dregs, of that that sediment, that settlement, that's what settles down to the bottom in winemaking. Uh, it's, uh, it's the bitterest. Uh, if, if you were to take of that, you hear people say, well, that wine is bitter. Well, that's the cheapest of wine. I remember on the streets, men would, would buy Mogan David wine. They said it's the cheapest wine, but it... it it's not sweet wine, it's bitter wine. Well, it's, it's the dregs, it's the, the lesser part that, that they pour off the last from the sediment in the bottom, so the cheapest of wine, almost vinegar. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, the, the mind of Jesus so pressed against the mental uh, uh, pressure that the victim was put under. So I claim the mind of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus. For the Bible says, a broken spirit drieth the bones, but a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So it, it, it also talks about like fathers, when you, you correct your sons, you know, use wisdom and don't do overbearing because you'll break their spirit. If you break their spirit, then you lose them. And so I claim all of these faculties. The name of Jesus is my authority, the blood for the remission of sins, the body of Jesus for the body of those that were victims, the mind for those that were victims, the, the remission of sins for those in, that have committed the acts in their body, in their mind, and in their spirit, and those that were subjected to their acts. So I remit the sins of those that subjected them and now, I'm not praying for the dead. Please understand, people have misunderstood me in this. I'm not praying for the dead. But in Proverbs, it says, one sinner destroys much good. Sin remains. In, uh, in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, it talks about sin entering the land and how sin defiles the land. That's a very serious thing. In Leviticus chapter 17, in, uh, it says here, uh, or chapter 18, verse 25, and the land is defiled, therefore I do uh, visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. The land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. So you see, when land is not cleansed, it causes such a repulsiveness that the land vomits out. In other words, its inhabitants, like the children of Israel, were taken bound, hand and 
stripped of their clothing, led into captivity, into bondage, because they violated the Word of God. They violated it. Don't, don't get involved in, in satanic, occultic practices to take a covenant with a black witch. You must drink blood. You drink human blood. In the lesser areas, they'll drink chicken blood before they get into the real serious thing. In Leviticus chapter 17, it says, uh, When you sojourn among you, when these strangers that sojourn, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of all flesh is in the blood. Verse 12, no soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Verse 13, second part, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust, for it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, you shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood Thereof, whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. And so it's a very serious thing to violate the, the word of God. And so when they violate this and they bring a curse on themselves and they do these pagan practices, we must remit the sins of that to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture and we must remit the sins as far back as many generations as that began, because that's where the land first began to be defiled. And then we remit the sins to the most recent, and then we take dominion over that and the powers that have presided there and have set up an operational center, and we take dominion over that, renounce it, and take it back as God gave to Abraham a covenant and to his seed to a thousand generations. Every place that the soles of your feet tread on, I will give it to you. And so that's the promise that I take, and in Romans and Galatians it clearly states that if I am a child of faith, then I am the seed of Abraham. Amen? And so, as a child of faith, I can claim the same promises of the covenant that God made with Abraham. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This so, is powerful. Praise does the that Lord. answer that? Is it a little yes. easy? Or? <laughs> no, listen, all the detail, the better. Uh, so, Brother Groover, um, you've, you've explained the process. Give us a sample prayer. And uh, on a more personal level there are people that say hey you know i just moved into this house my family's being tormented in the night we believe that there's demons in this house um i don't know what happened here or went on before it sounds to me like there's a curse on my property uh is this a true statement and if so what can a person do to to break uh, break the curse give us an example of what you would pray so that people could uh, do this to get some freedom where they're at I think the first thing I would do is go outside, if I can. You can't always when it's an apartment, but you can walk all the way around the apartment. But I would get my foot, first of all, I'm very meticulous about this, get my foot on the earth, 
that dwells there. Not earth that's been carried in, asphalt's been carried in, concrete's been carried in from somewhere else. If there is no place that I can get my foot on the earth, I will find a tree or a power pole that is down in the earth. And I will touch that as a point of contact with the earth because the innocent blood has defiled that land. And that's when I pray as far back as many generations as needs be. I did that two years ago uh, in Osaka, praying around a hospital and in front of a whole big apartment complex as we circled the hospital. I came to a dead tree, and uh, many suicides had been taking place off of that uh, 8th, 10th level, of that apartment complex. And so I said, well, we've got we've to break this curse. Well, there's nowhere I could get my hand or foot on the soil because everything was covered with, with asphalt or, or concrete. And so I went over to this tree. It happened to be a dead tree. It was only uh, all circumference about six inches of the, the trunk of it. And it was dead. And uh, the other trees on the line all along there had leaves on them. It was the same kind of tree as those. So I didn't find one that was in uh, kind of, you know, in dormancy. And I took hold of that tree with both hands and said, I make a point of contact over this earth. Actually, the pathway we were praying around that hospital is where Buddha, the Buddhist religion, first came up into Japan. From the base down there, from the bay, and the port, it came right up that area where those apartments were and that hospital was. And that's where suicides were occurring, and they were having terrible problems in the hospital with death. People dying prematurely and all. And so I grabbed hold of that tree, and I'm praying, and I'm renouncing, making a point of contact with the earth, and renouncing as many generations back as needs be that opened up that area, that opened up Japan to Buddha and to all of this untruth and all of this mystical uh, religions, renouncing it as far back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture as many generations, and releasing the goodness of God into that earth, and then going around the house or around the the hospital and all, and praying and taking our dominion over it, and then pray through every room of your house and do a cleansing over that room in the name of Jesus through the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit. And when you've finished applying the, the payment for the sacrifice for the payment, then declare liberty, declare, renounce those unfruitful works of darkness, command them to loose their hold off of those grounds and premises from the grounds into the heavens above, and ask the Lord to open the heavens, open the heavens, and pour down of his goodness and of his spirit, and uh, renounce every oath, covenant, curse, fetish, agreement, with the unfruitful works of darkness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and then declare righteousness, joy, and peace over those premises and over those grounds and then rejoice over it and sing over it. When I do that, I like to just sing hallelujah, hallelujah. I like to sing a hallelujah chorus. (laughs) Why? Because in Isaiah... 
It says the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing, doesn't it? Yes. And the trees of the fields will clap their hands. And uh, I know the heading of that chapter. It says the millennium. But I want to tell you something. Uh, to me, uh, Deuteronomy 29.29 says very clearly that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are secret belong the secret things, those things which are secret belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belongs to us and to our children and our children's children. And so for that reason, I take even the prophetic utterances of the millennial reign and the future of it all, and I want to declare it upon the earth because the Lord taught me how to pray. And he said, pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say pray that way after the millennial comes. He said, pray that way now. And so I claim it now. And that's why I claim scriptures like Isaiah 55, verse 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Praise the I Lord. like to follow through with that. Praise God. Folks, do you know how valuable this broadcast is today? Praise God that we've got on Henry Groover. Today, because uh, I'm learning a lot here, I've got several more questions. Uh, Brother Juke Groover, there may be someone out there tuning in today that has read the Word, and the Word of God talks about God visits the iniquities of the fathers down to the third and the fourth generation. And someone says, you know, Brother Groover, uh, I found out that my grandfather was a Freemason or there was some witchcraft uh, or ancestors. My parents were going to fortune tellers. Uh, adultery in the family, there's divorce coming down the family lines. I believe I'm under a generational curse. How do I break it? Wow. I, I You know, I have, uh, I have some emails that I'm answering right now from people uh, that have written those very questions. Uh, sometimes... Uh, I recommend to an individual if it's if it's a really severe curse and and manifestation of that that they do some fasting. Uh, fasting, get alone with the Lord, stop eating. You can drink water if you want. Uh, better to drink some liquids, but uh, read the Word out loud and saturate yourself with the Word. And then, as it says in uh, in Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 10, when you have fulfilled your obedience, then you are ready to revenge all disobedience. Uh, uh, right? And that's in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And... Uh, because the verse 4 there says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are 
mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down. Now, here's, here's another thing that you have to do after you have renounced this. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge or the knowing of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When a person follows through with the renunciation and renouncing those covenants in their history, in their bloodlines of those iniquities to the third and fourth generation, and it says, forever of them that hate me. Now, there are those that it looked like there was no hope for them, but but God has repented of it, hasn't he? And he has shown mercy. And so don't let, don't let condemnation come upon you. When these thoughts come back at you, these imaginations and fears, these thoughts come back at you after you've renounced them, after you've fulfilled your obedience, the way I fight the enemy in that area and teach people to fight is pray this way then. Father in heaven, I hear these thoughts coming at me. I hear these accusations coming at me. I know they're not at me because I am free. For whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So I am free. I am set free. And I declare that. And so, Lamb of God, now I don't know who is battling this right now. I've been freely set free, so I want to freely give. So, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you touch that individual that is struggling right now, that you minister to them and touch them right now. Set them free. Set them free, Almighty God, from this. For I renounce this. I command it to be quiet, to be silent. And, Lord, I ask you now to surround that individual or those individuals with people that will lead them to you and help them to understand what you have done for them and what is freely available to them. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name right now. Go with them. Be with them, I pray, and loose them from this. And, Lord, I just want to end by thanking you and praising you for what you have done for me. I praise you. I thank you, Lord, for I am free, and I praise you for visiting that one that is struggling right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Brother so that's how I would turn the battle. The scripture says to turn the battle to the gate. Well, the gate is where the stronghold is, isn't it? If you can take the gate, you can take the city. Can we um, can we repent, uh, remit the sins of our parents or grandparents that maybe uh, brought a curse on us? Um, can we ask the Lord to forgive that sin and? Uh, can we use Galatians 3.13 or other scripture to, to lift that curse in Jesus' name? What are your thoughts on that? I, I believe with all of my heart we can do that. Uh, because what we're doing is, is we're not choosing 
we're not choosing to fellowship those unfruitful works of darkness, are we? Uh, but we're choosing rather to renounce them or reprove them. And uh, so, yes, absolutely, we can we can claim that verse at three thirteen absolutely all the way, because that's exactly what the Lord promises. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree." You realize that 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 verse, what is written, is out of Deuteronomy. Everyone that is hangeth on a tree is in Deuteronomy chapter 21, where it states you are not to leave them hanging overnight. But uh, 21 verse 23, I'm sorry, did I say 13? Uh, Yeah, Deuteronomy 21 verse 23. And that's about letting people hang overnight. Well, a curse, a curse that has been made by a covenant or a sin or a repetition of sin, iniquitous yoke through our forefathers, uh, it visits upon us. It says it visits. Now, when someone visits you, do they come to stay? <laughs> they don't, do they? <laughs> a visiting person is there temporary. And so when it comes to visit us, we renounce it and send it away that we will have no fellowship with those unfruitful works of darkness. And then we can believe, we can believe that the Lord uh, erases that handwriting of ordinances that were written against us. Hallelujah. How might you pray? uh, Let's see. Yes, absolutely. I believe we have every bit of authority and every bit of a right to renounce those hidden works of darkness. Praise God. Amen. Brother Groover, let's say someone tuning in right now says, Brother Groover, my parents were involved in witchcraft. I don't want any part of that. I want to break the curse right now off of me and my children, my grandchildren. Uh, How would you pray to break that curse in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Just agree with me right now in prayer. Father in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the shed blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord, for the word of God says in 1 John that every spirit, verse one, chapter 4, verse 1, for every spirit that will not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, verse 2. And so, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, confesseth not, verse 3, is not of God. And so, you state, I confess that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is come in the flesh. I confess that for my household, for my wife, for my children, for my children's children, for their mates. I confess this, therefore, I believe that I have been made uh, a a candidate for the Spirit of the Lord. I believe in the water, the blood, and the Spirit of God, and I confess that. And so, therefore, I declare the Spirit, the water, and the blood. I declare it. 
And I declare, as, as chapter 5 of 1 John, verse 11 says, And this is the record that God hath given to us, and make it personal to me, to my family, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son, we that have the Son, have life, and we will not accept these curses and covenants and oaths and agreements and the practices of this, but we choose, rather, to renounce every one of them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for we choose righteousness, joy, and peace. And Lamb of God, we just ask that you will just erase right now the handwriting of ordinances that have been written against us and against our family that you cleanse our family from these oaths, covenants, curses, fetishes, and agreements. Cleanse us from them, we pray, Lord. And we declare liberty for our family. We declare liberty in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Oh, hallelujah, we praise you for your faithfulness. We thank you for breaking that covenant, breaking that curse off by your covenant of your precious blood. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. It says over here in, in Hebrews chapter 9, uh, But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So you see, your conscience has been, been made clean. Your conscience has been made pure. Verse 15 there of chapter 9 of Hebrews says, For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of transgressions, redemption of the transgressions. See, those were covenants made by your forefathers, that under the First Testament they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And for a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is no strength at all while the testator liveth. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross, but before he died, he said, it is finished. So he says, it was all dedicated with blood, with water and with hyssop and scarlet wool and sprinkling both of the book and of all the people, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Hallelujah. So he has enjoined unto it. So the verse 21 says, moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. And almost all things are uh, in, by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. 
So it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavenly should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So he has paid the price. He has paid the price, and we are free, free indeed, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So now verse 18 of chapter 10 of of Hebrews says, Now, when's now? What did I say a while ago? Does now ever change? Now, brother, sister, if you have done what I have said, Verse 18 is to you of Hebrews 10. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is no more offering for sin. Think about that. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Praise God. Folks, we're live right now with Henry Groover of JoyfulSoundMinistries.com. We've got about 20 more minutes, so I'm going to try to get in a few more questions, folks. Uh, Brother Henry, uh, as God sends you on these missions around the world to take back the land in Jesus' name, to remit sins, break curses, surely at times there are people out there involved in the occult, uh, word cursing you, sending witchcraft against you. My question then becomes, um, how do we break curses being spoken against us? Some even in the church curse one another. Sometimes we curse our own selves, but how do you respond? Oh, I know, I know. know. How do you respond to a word curse or witchcraft being sent against you? How do you take action? Well, I, I think one of the most important things in that is every day, every day, Declare the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Declare the blood of Jesus Christ. Sprinkle the blood. People say, now wait a minute, get away from this bloody religion. Well, I want to ask you a question. Then, do you believe you are the elect of God? Now remember, it's the elect of God that are going to hear that last trumpet sound, and they're going to go to be with the Lord. Now, if you believe you're in that category, but you don't believe in this bloody religion stuff, get away from all this blood, what do you do with 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2? It's as clear as can be. You're the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Here's how you're the elect. The next word is through. Here's how you're the elect. Through sanctification of the Spirit, you set your spirit apart unto the Lord, unto obedience, and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. And so we claim this for our household. We claim it for our ministry. We claim it for our business. We claim it for our family. We claim it for our our neighbors, we claim it around about us. We claim that the sprinkling of the blood, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, we ask the Lord to let our spirit be sanctified or set apart unto him today, claiming the blood of Jesus unto obedience, obeying what? Sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And so, therefore, we sprinkle the blood. We claim the sprinkling of the blood over our body, mind, subconscious minds, subliminal mind, soul, and spirit. Every form of communication to, from, around, and concerning us. We declare the blood of Jesus Christ. Thereby, we're sprinkling the blood thoroughly. And we renounce the hidden works of darkness And, Father, we ask you to forgive, forgive those that cursed us. They cursed you, Jesus, when you were on the cross. They mocked you, and you cried out with a loud voice, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so, Lamb of God, we just ask you to forgive those that are sending curses against us. Even if it's a brother and sister in Christ, forgive their ignorance, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me if I offended them. Forgive me if I was wrong. And show me so that I can bring reconciliation about it. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be stubborn. I don't want to be strong-willed or strong-spirited. So, Lamb of God, I just commit to you now. And I ask you to show me, illuminate me, show me. Reveal to me, if I've transgressed, that has opened me up to this curse. But Lord, I forgive. Forgive me. I forgive those who have transgressed against you and against me. So surround them, according to Matthew 9:37. Surround them with Christians. Bring in your labors into your harvest that will love them to you wherever they are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord. And so, after you've done that, you know, we have this song I've heard people sing in different churches. I am free to sing. I am free to dance. I am free, you know. Believe that you are free from that and give no more allegiance to it. And if it still persists, then you you go back to prayer and say, Father, who else are they cursing? I pray for them right now. If you don't show them me who they are, I just renounce that curse off of them in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to help them to come under the blood where they will be protected and where they will be freed up. I ask you, Lord, to heal them of any damage done in their body, mind, soul, or spirit. I ask you, Lord, to restore them of your love and the fellowship of your spirit oh in jesus name hallelujah praise god uh brother groover two final questions um yes let's say someone tuning in out there they have a loved one who is not saved or they have a friend or a co-worker and they see that uh what that person is involved in and that uh, they're on the way to hell tonight uh how do we pray for someone who is not saved what can we do to stand in the gap uh, to remit their sins. I know you've been in situations where uh, you saw things other people were doing, and you uh, you can either uh, remit the sin or retain the sin. What do you do? How do you pray pray in a situation like that? Well, very definitely remit. Uh, John 20, verse 23, Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. After you ask the Lord to, to, to clear their sin, 
Then you release the Romans 2.4 upon them, the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So what I do is I ask the Lord to surround them with people that will pour out his love and his goodness around them to just everywhere they go, every time they turn around, they run into a Christian, a loving, godly Christian that will love on them because love will conquer all. I have seen love bring down some of the most violent, wicked, cruel sinners on the face of the earth. Uh, Men, I have faced men that didn't know how many they had killed, and they they were not keeping account, and they didn't give a care. Uh, and when I have seen the power of God's love overshadow them, they don't know what to do. It, it just melts their hearts. So pray that God will love them through you, and that God will love them and surround them through people that will indeed be faithful in that way too. And uh, then just believe God for a harvest. Praise God. Yes. Look by the eyes of faith and expect to see and to hear of their redemption. Praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Gruber, my final question tonight, and it's two parts. Okay, since we talked to you last, uh, you, of course, have seen what we've seen. Russia is uh, moving into uh, Ukraine, Crimea. And uh, many years ago, you had a vision, a dream, vision, where you saw subs attacking America. So here's my question for you. The subs that you saw attacking America, were those Russian or Chinese subs? And number two, with what's going on in Crimea, do you believe that the bear has awakened? Let me give it back to you. Absolutely. In my grizzly bear vision, uh, if you if you don't know these visions, they're, they're simply called visions of a walker, crosswise visions of a walker. There's a whole list of visions there. Uh, in that book of visions I've had regarding these issues. But uh, back in my my Globalism, the Invasions presentation, I stated that, yes, now we have glasnost, we have perestroika, and I've been over in Russia, and I've seen it in, in full full-blown. They're truly doing it. But I believe the time will come when Russia will come to a place... Uh, Communism is a parasite spirit. Communism cannot flourish on its own. The only way communist regime can prosper is by conquering and dividing the spoil. And so I said, unless there is a genuine repentance in Russia, a complete abandonment of communism then they will ultimately, they will have to turn around when they release all these countries. They will, these countries will begin to get aid from the free world, and they will begin to prosper. They will begin to flourish again, and Russia will turn right back around and take them over again and plunder them. And I think that's what exactly what I stated is happening. I stated it way back in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, it's happening very quickly. And uh, she's flexing her muscles again, and it's very interesting that we have uh, uh, Putin, you know. Now, I know that there is a movement in Russia where that, (laughs) I don't know, Shannon, if you're going to agree with this or not, but in some ways, Russia right now is more honorable, 
is more righteous than the United States of America. Yes, it is, brother. Uh, in fact, um, I'm embarrassed with what our president's done, and then you hear the comments from Putin. It sounds like uh, they're more godly nation than we are. Let me give it back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are, they are not imprisoning Christians anymore. I heard it right from the governor's mouth of Siberia when I had lunch with him in 1993. I asked him, why? Why Glasnost? Why Perestroika? He said to me, we realized after 70 years of communism that we were, we were imprisoning, persecuting, and killing the most productive, the most honest, integrative people of our nation, the Christians. And right under our noses, while we're doing this, Islam is flourishing, is flourishing, is growing, and is flourishing. And this was in 93, and he said, we come to realize that by the end of this decade, of the 90s, if we don't stop persecuting Christians and encourage Christianity, and so that it can grow and prosper, that by the end of this decade, 60% 60% of Russia will be Islamic, and we will lose our government. They recognize that. Now, they work with the Islamic countries very closely. You know, they work very closely with them because they draw from them, you know, the power to do so, and they will use them. Communism will use any terroristic, violent type of people they can get a hold of and control. And so we're, we're, we're facing that time right now that I said, Glasnost Perestroika will stop and they will begin to shut their doors again. And then they will begin to persecute uh, and will take back over these countries that they have released. They'll take them back again, and that's exactly what I believe we're beginning to see take place right before our eyes. What uh, the... Now, as to the other part of your question, uh, is it Russia and China? In my vision uh, called Watch What I Will Do, in that vision, the invading forces, as the missiles flew toward America, as the fighter planes came, And God divinely intervened in certain areas. There are specific areas where God will protect our nation. But as this was occurring, uh, I looked and see this massive ships coming in, and the front of them opened up, and these personnel carriers come come flowing out. I don't know if there is such a ship or if it was symbolic, but it's out of the front of them comes these amphibious personnel carriers loaded with Chinese troops, but Russian operators. Chinese troops, but Russian operators. Then also in the vision that I had, called the Astoria vision. The Astoria vision, I was on a ship, the Atlantic Pioneer merchant ship in the vision, and all of a sudden, gunshots are being fired and all. I'm up on the bridge with the captain of the ship, and we walk over and look at the port, and up, coming up the docks are all of these Chinese troops. 
and they're running through the city of Astoria shooting everybody they see. And the captain says, your nation is under siege. And all of a sudden, I see coming out from under the ports, which underneath the docks, flying these World War II vintage fighter planes and bombers. Now, that's symbolic, I know. But what, what was it telling me? It had the stars on the side and the American flags on it. We don't have those big stars anymore like we had with the World War II vintage. What does that say? To me, that was a signal that uh, we, would, uh, we would let down our weapons and about the only kind of people left to defend this nation are World War II-type vintage planes. Uh, we would have to go back to the old-type planes. Now, the World War II vintage planes had, had vacuum tube radio communications, no computerized electronics. Now, think about this. All of our modern weaponry, ships, planes, vehicles, are all operated by solid state. EMF, electromagnetic force, or the force of a nuclear blast, knocks all of that out first strike. Russia has that. We have that ability. We did it in Desert Storm. So World War II vintage planes will be the only kind that can still fly and you can still communicate with. Do you believe that there will be subs that will launch uh, nukes on America and um, destroy certain cities and or uh, create that EMP burst? If we don't repent as a nation, absolutely. It, the, it, it's just a matter of time of when the Lord says the cup of iniquity is full, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour out my judgment. And, you know, I don't call it the wrath of God. I call it the, the, the purging of God. I call it the purging of God. I believe the wrath of God is not going to pour out on our nation. I, I don't want to believe that. Maybe I'm wrong. But America has been a very, very merciful nation. And we have sown mercy. I told Demetra Dudeman this. We have sown mercy. Therefore, I believe we will reap mercy. But I do believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart, that we are, we are indeed slated for a serious, serious purging in our nation where there will be a remnant remain. God always leaves a remnant, doesn't he? Yes. Brother Groover? So... We could be at the threshold of that uh, with our president doing the things that he's doing. Um, Has the Lord shown you any areas in the states that would be protected zones? And are you at liberty to give out any information on, on that? I know that uh, people are concerned about being in the wrong place. I myself am at ground zero. I know that uh, Vegas um, will be destroyed <laughs> one Vegas day. Vegas is a bad place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk about the bullseye, brother. <laughs> but you know what? Again, Shannon and all of you out there, he that dwelleth, Psalms 91. Read Psalm 90, 91, and 92 if you get fearful about this. 
and read it again and again until you see the message of it. A thousand will fall at your right, 10,000 at your left, but it will not come nigh you. If you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, those scriptures we gave out of Isaiah, dwelling in the midst of everlasting burnings. Your, 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 your place of munition shall be the rock. Your waters shall be sure. You won't have to worry about contaminated waters. And bread shall be given you. Hallelujah. Uh, yes, there are definite areas across America that are refuge areas. But no, I cannot. There, there are some that have literally printed out these areas. I, I don't say they've made mistakes, but I say this. What the Lord told me is, I will lead my people to be where I want them when that time comes. My chosen will be protected. I will watch over them, and they will dwell in the midst of the everlasting burnings. Everlasting burnings is a type of nuclear radiation. That's what they literally call it in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in their museums there. They literally call it everlasting burnings. And so I believe it's nuclear radiation can dwell in the midst of it, the middle of it, and not be hurt. Uh, but God will put you where he wants you. But you can see in the scriptures, it says, woe unto the coastlands in those days. I'll give you that much. Okay, final question for you. It goes along with what we're talking about tonight. Um, in closing tonight, Brother Groover, there are many people that are fearful. Some are, yes, there are. Some are going underground. You know, they're bunkering down. Others want to leave the country. Uh, what would you say to the people tonight? Is it time for us to abandon ship? Uh, or is God calling the men and women of God to report for duty because there's work that he wants us to do, standing in the gap and occupying till he comes? What would you say? Oh, precious ones out there. Believe me. I I want to up and move to another country at times when I see these things happening myself. I really do. And I don't I don't work foreign countries because uh I want to be away from this country in the event of this occurrence taking place. Um I'm not seeking to save my life. Jesus said if you seek to save your life you will lose it. But he said when he comes again you will be blessed. The amplified says spiritually prosperous and envied envious you'll be envied because you are so blessed and prosperous you will be blessed if you stay in the secret place of the most high put your trust in the lord don't seek to save your life but be willing i, I lay my life on the line a lot of times i go among violent people i go among deadly serpents i've been i've slept among wild beasts of the earth and uh among lions and wild beasts and wolves, uh, bears, I've walked among the grizzly bears, I've walked among the polar bears. I never sought to save my life, but I did go where the Lord told me to go. The key is to be where he wants you, when he wants you, because he said when he comes again, he wants to find you being a doer of the word not just a hearer only. So don't get all torn up and involved in saving your life. Uh, you do, he clearly says, you'll lose your life. If you live by the gun 
and you die by a bullet, it doesn't mean you'll go to hell. But it does say, if you live by the sword, you will be predestined to die by it. I've told the patriots that for many years. If you pick up that gun to start shooting by it, then you have sealed your destiny, and don't be offended at the Lord if you're dying by a bullet. Keep your faith in the Lord, defend your household, defend your city, whatever, in the way that the Lord tells you to. But don't be offended at the Lord if you do it with a gun and you lose your life with a gun. You go to be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Folks, uh, I'm just, Brother uh, Groover, I'm just honored to be able to do this broadcast today. I've learned so much. Folks, if you're coming in late, you want to get a copy of this. This is going to go down as one of my favorite broadcasts we've done in four years. Brother Groover, before you close in prayer, I would like you to give out your contact information. I would like you to tell people how they can support your ministry and um, about some of the um, stuff that is available on your website, please. Okay. We have, uh, oh my, we have many, many, many subjects uh, available, uh, different kinds of uh, material and CDs and DVDs. Angelic praise, be instant, building faith, by faith, don't take it personally, globalism, the invasions, Henry's six hours in heaven, Henry's trip to China, how to commune with God, Jesus paid it all. That's only one of about 30 uh, of CDs and DVDs and books. We have a prayer walking handbook. My wife has written a book called Help for the Disquieted Soul. That's for a person being cast like a sheep. Uh, I have written a book on Israel and what I believe is coming up in Israel, Judah's Rebirth and the Glorious Church. And then, of course, my other book is Visions of a Walker. And uh, you can get a hold of us at P.O. Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, 51579. P.O. Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, 51579. Our office phone is 712-647-3104. Joyfulsoundministries.com or joyfulsound.groover at gmail.com is another one. Joyfulsound.com. Uh, ministries. I, I may I hope I hope that hasn't been canceled. That one out. Joyful sound. Yeah. Dot Groover. G R U V is in Victor E R at Gmail dot com is another one. Or just joyful joyful sound ministries on the website. Joyfulsoundministries.com. dot com. Our materials have no price on them. Uh, whatever you give is between you and the Lord. We do ask that you you make an offering to help cover the expense. Uh, you can pay by PayPal and order over computer. So whatever, uh, we'd just love to serve you. God bless you. Brother Groover, I want to thank you for coming on today's short notice. And to our friends over at True News, Rick Weil, Steve Quell, Messiah's Branch, uh, Henry is back in town. Please get him on your shows again. I'd like to hear him uh, soon. Brother Groover, um, we talked pre-show, and um, you've worked some time on uh, the true testimony of the ministry you did with one of the top warlocks in the United Kingdom that was saved because you obeyed the Lord and you went over there and uh, prayer walked. Uh, I want to encourage you to get that out soon. And also, folks, if you didn't know this, Brother Gruber is working on the 
prayer walkers, what do you, what do you call it, the diary? Diary of a prayer diary walker. Diary of a walker. It's the early years. Uh, I have over 200 pages on that one. <laughs> I've got to write a little more into it to finish it up, but, uh, yeah, we're working on it. I'm ready to buy my copy today, so I want to encourage you to uh, work on that. Brother Groover, any, um, any announcements you'd like to make as we close tonight? Will you be speaking anywhere? Any appointments coming up? Uh, I've, uh, I've not had time to really schedule my running across the United States yet. Uh, I will be going, uh, from Iowa heading all the way up toward Maine into the Eastern States and coming back down with my wife, a good Lord willing here in this, uh, end of this month and next month. And then we'll be going across the, uh, Midwest, across Minnesota into, uh, Montana, Washington, Oregon, and British Columbia uh, by September. And then the first week and a half or so uh, of September, I've got to be in Singapore. And the uh, Lord willing, I'll be in Singapore and uh, um, be in Japan and Korea uh, toward the end of this year up to Thanksgiving time. So you can hopefully find my schedule when we when we put it on our website, joyfulsoundministries.com. Okay? If someone would like to contact you and book you for a speaking engagement, what's the best way they can contact you, Brother Henry? Uh, send me an email uh, or, uh, or just call this uh, 712-647-3104 and... Uh, my secretary will get that into my hands, and I'll do my best to contact you back and schedule as I can. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Groover, uh, thank you for coming on tonight. Will you please close in prayer? Absolutely. Father in heaven, oh, precious Father, we love you so much. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that you have not left us without comfort. We pray comfort for each one that is sorrowing. We pray the Holy Spirit to just visit them right now, maybe a loss of a loved one or battling a serious ailment, whatever, Lord, whatever. There's a lot of problems going on. I just ask that you just right now, just minister to them right now. Let As they hear with their ears, let that hearing Go right down into their very depths of their soul and be comforted by your Holy Spirit. For your Holy Spirit is not limited around this world. Go and comfort those that are hurting and that desperately need comfort. Be the teacher to those that need understanding and have many questions. There are those out there that have so many questions yet that need to be answered. Teach them, Lord. Show them. Lead them to the truth that will set them free. Seal these words, Lord, with your sweet Holy Spirit, and let them go out to the heart of the people and equip them, prepare them, encourage them, enlighten them, empower them, I pray, that we may all join together in this last day to be that Ephesians 5.27 people, a glorious church not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing to bring the honor and the glory to your name, the reward of your sufferings, of which you are so worthy. We ask in Jesus' precious name, Father, thanking you with all of our hearts. Amen. 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 God bless you and thank you.
God bless you, Brother Henry. Uh, please give your regard, our regards to Sister Groover, and tell Peter to give me a call. We want to get him on. I will do that. I'll get after that boy. I thought he would have called you by now, but he's been pretty busy, but I'll get after him. Let me pray for you, brother. <laughs> Father God, I'm asking that you would bless brother and sister Groover and their family. Loose favor for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, I ask God that you'd loose health to their bones in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Lord, and continue to open up some mighty doors for them to minister the gospel in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Love you, Thank my brother. You, Amen. I'll talk to you soon, Brother Henry. Thank you for coming on today, brother. Thank you, brother, and blessings on all of you. Good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. Praise the Lord, folks. I feel like praying in tongues for like a solid hour. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I had no idea I was going to be able to do this broadcast today. 